We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Hello and welcome everyone to the Rotoviz Draft Series brought to you by Bet Online. I am Travis May. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And I'm joined by Neil Dutton. You can find him on Twitter at NDutton13. We are excited to kick off the wide receiver talk here. We've already covered some other positions, but we're going to dive into some wide receivers because that looks like the position to get excited about in this year's draft. It looks like the depth is just kind of crazy. So it's going to be hard. We're going to be kind of hard pressed to actually talk about just 10 of these guys. We'll give you guys a few other names that uh, we're interested in as well but if you've been following along already typically what we do here in the Rotoviz draft series is we take a look at the rookie scouting index takes a look at some of the top rankings and mock draft sources all over and combines these players and gives them a score essentially of of where they should be selected in the NFL draft and uh, we basically take a look at where these players should be taken in rookie drafts and uh, what their outlook looks like overall. But we just use these um, basically the top 10 that we're going to go down that should be drafted in this order. Uh, and this is just obviously no, there's nothing perfect to this process, but this is the next best thing that we can do in offering where we believe these take- players will be taken in the NFL draft and where these players might be taken in your dynasty rookie drafts. So without further ado, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to introduce my, my man here, Neil Dutton. How you doing today? I'm very, very well. Excited to, to talk about this position group. 
I mean, because I, I mean, my my sources tell me, and you might want to keep this quiet, that this is quite a deep class. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think I've heard a a little bit of the same, a little bit of the same there for sure. Just absolutely everyone saying it. Yeah, so we're we're really pumped to just dive in, and without further ado, let's do that. We're just going to kick it off with a guy that's uh, been the name a lot of people have been really excited about for a few years now, and that's uh, Jerry Judy of Alabama. I I feel like he he should have won every award, <laughs> and and in some people's minds he's he's won every award, but you know Bletnikoff finalist, Bletnikoff winner. You know, he just looks like he's the real deal uh, coming into the draft. And a lot of people have him as their wide receiver one and have so for quite some time. But, Neil, where are you at with Jerry Judy? I've not seen a great deal of him. I don't watch a great deal of college football. I just go by the opinions of people who actually watch it and have a clue. But from what you know, <laughs> people have told me, he's obviously been a part of a ridiculously productive Alabama offense. Some people have said that he wasn't actually the best receiver on Alabama. Um, which obviously, you know, leads me to you know a little bit of little bit of worry regarding him moving forward. But obviously, he's been ridiculously productive. He's been ridiculous. Making up new words here. He's been ridiculously <laughs> efficient. Obviously, you know, it's as at the moment in the Rotoviz Scouting Index, he is the wide receiver one. But it's very very close between him and CD Lamb. But. Jerry Judy, obviously, um, he went, you know, to the pro, uh, the pro day. I'm having a nightmare here. The combine, <laughs> he didn't blow the doors off anyone. He had a good 40-yard dash, good ver- decent, you know, measurables elsewhere. He's a good size, good height and weight. If you actually look though, and you know, using the Rotoviz Combine Explorer, you know, one of the tools we use there, the comps to him aren't great. I mean, there's a close-ish comp with Stefan Diggs. There's one with Kenny Stills, you know, Steve Breston, Denarius Moore. I mean, these are not names you know that make me jump up and think I've got to have this man ridiculously early in the draft and ridiculously early in rookie drafts. But on the flip side, if you go to the road of his uh, box score scout, and I've given him you know the draft pick ten, uh, just for comparison. Then the comparisons start to look a little bit more favourable. I mean, the first, the closest comparison is Nelson Aguilar, which, as an <laughs> Eagles fan, believe me, no one needs that stink on them. But then you've got Odell Beckham, Jeremy Macklin, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, and then a bit further down, Calvin Ridley. So I think you know what you're going to get from Alabama wide receivers. You know, they're going to be good players. And it just seems that his name has been, as you said, consistently atop this list going back to the start of the season. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's just been up there, even as a recruit, dating back to uh, him coming into uh, college. We kind of knew that this trio of wide receivers were going to be really impressive. In fact, there was actually four, at least four star or better receivers in the same class going to Alabama back in the day. The guy who just missed the cut over and over and didn't actually pan out was Tyrell Shavers. But Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, which we'll get to here shortly, and Jerry Judy were supposed to be the guys coming in. And obviously, freshman year, Jerry Judy, I, he had to give all the targets to Calvin Ridley, who was the the only real stud veteran in the wide receiver group. And so he didn't have the early breakout age that we typically like to see here at Rotoviz. He didn't have uh, the perfect market share numbers, even when he finished his career. I mean, uh, one of the tools that we use here at Rotoviz is the adjusted production index. And he, I mean, just take, takes a look at the adjusted dominator, adjusted yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempt. And he, he didn't even ever really hit 30% dominator ever. But his yards per team pass attempt numbers, which actually have been proven to be more sticky and more predictive in terms of future NFL production, 
were impressive. Uh, they were they were about uh, half of a standard deviation above what we see as average uh, for NFL wide receivers that are drafted. So Jerry Judy does does check out from a yards per team pass attempt standpoint, and that's that's where his efficiency comes. Uh, that's because he basically uh, creates separation on any and every every route, and his he basically looks like he's going to break his knees every time he jukes because he has such ridiculous agility. Obviously, they didn't show up as much at the combine. Uh, some of the agility drills were a bit questionable this year uh, just due to the timing in which they were taken. Uh, it turns out it doesn't help wide receivers to do agility drills at midnight. Uh, but Jerry Judy looks like he checks a lot of the boxes except for maybe his final uh, outlook as, as, as dominator rating. But he's going to have the capital. He's, he's going to have the opportunity just on namesake alone. So really excited to see where he lands. I uh, hope he does go early. And you, you said that draft picks a lot of 10. That's definitely not out of the question. Uh, even if he drops to 15 or 20, he's still going to have a lot of good comps uh, if you plug him into the Rotoviz box score scout, which is a lot of fun. But yeah, definitely a name to get excited about. But let's move on to the other one uh, that uh, a lot of people are excited about. Basically, the, these top two here, Jerry Duty and then C.D. Lamb of Oklahoma, seem to be the consensus top two for most people. Obviously, some people want to throw in a couple other names that we'll get to, of course, here shortly. But really, seems those two for a while now have been the consensus top two. So with C.D. Lamb, are you excited about him? And is he? do you actually have him ranked for you over Jerry Judy? I actually do, personally. I think the exciting thing about C.D. Lamb is that we've seen an awful lot of quality skill players come out of that Oklahoma system in recent years. Um, not not really so much wide receiver yet, but obviously you've had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Mark Andrews. And you look, um, in the last three years, he's got better in terms of production every year. He's gone from 807 yards 1,155 yards to 1,327 last year. And his yards per reception has gone up. Now, yards per reception, obviously, is one of those stats that when you look at the leaders at the end of an NFL season, the people with the highest yards per reception generally aren't among the fantasy fantasy studs. But I just think it's, you know, it's very impressive to see that it's gone up from 17.5 to 18 to 21.4 with a col- an average of his college grade of 19.1. That's fantastic. Obviously, Good market share numbers, um, good receiving, uh, good receiving yards numbers, good touchdown numbers, and again, if you look at his sims, and again, I've given him that number ten draft spot. We see some of the same players in the sims on the box score scout. There's Nelson Aguilar again, but again, we'll move on from that. The one interest, <laughs> the two interesting comps that I've actually seen that are a little bit further down are AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins. Now, obviously, these are you know players that are not exactly renowned for their speed, I don't think. I mean, C.D. Lamb ran a 4-5, which wasn't great. It wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but we don't associate DeAndre Hopkins, certainly, or A.J. Green as being, you know, t- people take the top off the offense, off the defense, sorry, but they have been ridiculously productive, obviously, unless you're Bill O'Brien, in which case he doesn't value production. He, he prefers <laughs> has-beens instead. Uh, I think, you know, if... If you're looking at good comps, then there are more good comps to C.D. Lamb that you can tell yourself as a range of outcomes, this is a play you'd want to take. Whereas Jerry Judy's comps, and as I say, comps are obviously a good tool for comparing players. We're not saying this is the next Kendall Wright, because again, that's like, you know, the Nelson Aguilar, (laughs) you don't really want to be tarnished with that brush. But if you can say that this guy is similar to Green, Hopkins, Beckham, and even Jeremy Macklin, vastly underrated um, fantasy performer and you know real life performer, as it were, I think that's a, a good story to tell. Uh, and I, if I had a choice, 
Um, and say one, you could say one of these is going to fall to the Eagles. I think I'd get more excited about C.D. Lamb than I would Jerry Judy. Yeah, and I think actually I've had him ranked above Judy myself, and uh, it's it's just it's kind of a mix of things. Obviously, um, neither of them have have the perfect just blow you away uh, physical profile, uh, and they're kind of on the fringe of being questionable in terms of their weight. They're okay, it's fine. Some people were nitpicking things around the combine, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot. But yeah, when you when you throw out some comps and you look at you know what what they did just from a, an adjusted production. Uh, index standpoint and look at their dominator yards per team pass attempt touchdowns per team pass attempt like their whole from different angles uh, when you look at their production profile cd lamb is just superior uh, you look at like you mentioned aj green some other players that had similar adjusted production profiles you're, you're talking about amari cooper tyler boyd like guys that and if you just look at you know just first round guys because that's probably what what uh, CD Lamb's going to be? He pulls in Braylon Edwards, uh, Santonio Holmes. Well, AJ, I already said AJ Green, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You already mentioned him, but there's a bunch of favorable comps when you look at some uh, some former first round players with adjusted production profiles that are similar, uh, just all around. Uh, just really it, it, extremely excited to see what CD Lamb can do. And a lot of people question because he kind of broke out with that elite percentages uh, to his profile later on. Obviously, immediately, he had to share some targets with uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown. And so when you're sharing the the targets with a first-round NFL draft pick, uh, you're not always going to get uh, a ton of uh, target share as a true freshman. And so we like to see early, early breakout ages. And he doesn't have the earliest, but he did break out uh, at, at a decent age. And so... I don't really have many questions. CD Lamb has one of the most complete profiles in this class. So not going to spend much time nitpicking him. But before we do jump over to the other Alabama wide receiver that a lot of people are, are excited about, let's just want to share a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong about that. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. You missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. And you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. They're all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive, receive your new welcome bonus. Again, that's BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. So the other wide receiver at Alabama is obviously Henry Ruggs. Uh, there's probably more controversy uh, surrounding him just because of, you know, well, for several reasons. But uh, where do you find yourself ranking Henry Ruggs? Are you confident that r- d- despite his questionable production profile, he's going to have success? Uh, or are you kind of worrisome when it comes to Henry Ruggs? I'm a bit worried personally because he smacks that type of player that is going to be better for a team in quote-unquote, real life rather than fantasy. And I don't want to typecast him because I think that would be terribly unfair, but if you look at his his combined measurables, obviously, the one thing that jumps out is speed. Um, obviously, 4.27 40-yard dash time is ridiculous. Hmm. Um, I pulled a hamstring just reading it. Um, <laughs> that, you know, that's how fast that is. You, you look at the rest of his comparisons, 
I mean, the box scare shout. I'm having a fabulous time here. The <laughs> box score scout. If you look at his comparisons, and I've dropped his uh, draft position to 15, because while I think there are some people who think he may be the first wide receiver taken, I'm a little bit more circumspect. So I'm going for a bit more middle of the, gra- the round. There's one constant with all the players that he's similar to. And it's not unsurprising. They're all maj- majorly speed players. We've got Curtis Samuel, Paris Campbell, Philip Dorsett, John Ross. Marquise Goodwin, there's Nelson Aguilar again, um, and you know, Mike Williams from Clemson. That's not a great comp in terms of 40 time, but in terms of production. I think Ruggs is an excellent complementary piece to a team if they have that type of alpha receiver already on the books. That's why I think a lot of people are like mocking him to go to Denver, because he wouldn't be expected to be the guy, because they've got Cortland Sutton. But in terms of what he could do to dictate the coverage, in terms of you know, taking the top off the air defence with his speed, that'd be great for Sutton and for Drew Locke and for the running backs in Denver, whoever they may be. But I don't think it's necessarily great for his own fantasy appeal. Now obviously, you know, the, the, you know, again, I hate to hate to keep harking back to the fact that I'm an Eagles fan, but I'll tell you that nothing is worse than watching an offense with no speed at all on oh, it, yeah. which is what the Eagles have been forced to trot out the last two years. Now, obviously, one the one game it seems the one game they had a player with genuine speed was Deshaun Jackson, and the offense clicked beautifully. So I'm not saying this player isn't that type of player is not valuable. I'm just saying that I would rather take a chance on someone like Lamb or Judy or someone else who can offer you something in by means of, you know, maybe special teams production. Maybe he can get a few carries in the backfield. Whereas Ruggs, and I'm gonna say this and I know I'm gonna regret it the second it comes out of my mouth, Ruggs has more danger of being a one trick pony than a few other people in this draft. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously there is more to just hit, just deep threat with his game. Obviously, he just destroys people on the, the short area quickness type things. Like, I mean, I don't know how many times you you, you just see him take a, a just a quick slant or just a quick quick out route and just turn the corner and obviously work past people because of his speed. But really, he got open because of his route running as well. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm aware. I know a lot of people that love to grind film, and I'm one of those people as well. But the people that are really dug in on rugs just want to say he's more than speed. And I, I agree, but I'm not sure that, like you said, he's going to be more of a real NFL value player than a fantasy uh, value NFL player. Because, I mean, when you look at his overall from you know from a few different angles, looking at his dominator rating, his yards per team pass attempt, his touchdowns per team pass attempts, and really, his overall just market share numbers, there's not many positives that you can pull from his profile. He truly was the third wide receiver on his own team. Uh, and really, when you look at his production from all of those angles, you get names like Tavon Austin. You get names like Darius Hayward Bay, you know, and, and maybe you get a positive outcome and get like a Jeremy Macklin, something like that uh, in terms of uh, his, his production profile. And obviously... He's he's faster than than uh, than Macklin. He's faster than a lot of most NFL wide receivers that uh, that entered the league. But I I could definitely see an outcome like like a Darius Hayward Bay uh, for him. Just like he stuck sticks around on an NFL roster for a long time, provides some value here and there, but isn't necessarily a a great fantasy football asset. And, and that doesn't really say I'm knocking him as a football player. I'm just not going to draft him super high uh, when it comes to my rookie drafts. That's just not where I'm going to be investing. Uh, and that's not to say he's bad at football again, but 
Uh, I just want to see him in an opportunity. The only thing that could change my mind is if he was in, in an opportunity where he's clear, clearly in line with a strong quarterback to take a giant chunk of market share in year one or two. That, that, that's, a, that's a lot to kind of bank on. But moving on, because we got to get to a couple of other guys here, Justin Jefferson has one of the most complete uh, profiles uh, as well. I mean, he and C.D. Lamb have have one of the most strongest, one of the strongest analytical uh, profiles that you can really have for a wide receiver, uh, and, and especially in this class, he, he's looking pretty good. Uh, so for me, I, I'm really high on Justin Jefferson. He's the top five wide receiver in this class for me. Are you that high when it comes to Justin Jefferson of LSU? I am. I mean, again, I'm not a film grinder by any stretch of the imagination. I can sit and watch the game, and then someone can ask me what happened, and I will tell you. Um, I don't know. I have to check the score. Um, but the <laughs> film community that I trust, there's some worry that maybe he's seen as he's going to do the bulk of his work in the NFL as a slot receiver. So again, you're talking from dynasty point of view. You know, you're going to have these players for you know the majority of their careers. When you pick them, do you want to be spending a high pick? on a slot receiver. Now, 10 years ago, that would have been a rather, you know, backdated view because, you know, teams don't run through the slot receiver. Yeah, but they do more and more nowadays. So I don't think it's a terribly bad thing to have. His athletic profile, obviously, you know, is 83rd percentile 40-yard dash time, 75th percentile vertical jump, and 81st percentile broad jump. See, I can say percentile, but I can't say box score scout. I don't know what this, what's going on here. Um, obviously, his figures, his numbers look good. Again, we go to the box score scout. There we go. Dropped his you know range of outcomes to draft pick 20. And again, there's some very, very encouraging comps. Um, Robert Woods, who wasn't great for the Bills, but has emerged somewhat in you know his second iteration as an NFL wide receiver. Brandon Cooks, who was good for a short period of time, but people keep, keep, keep paying him money because of that. Then you've got other people who, again, have chipped in. You know, they've shown flashes, Jeremy Macklin, Christian Kirk. And then again, there we have a close comparison to DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson is going to be the next DeAndre Hopkins, but it's an encouraging comparison to see. There is a slight danger that most of his... You know, most of his college production did come last year when they were running an historic offense. Well, that's not his fault that he just happened to be there, you know, playing at the time when everything went right for them. He still had to catch the ball and get the yards and score the touchdowns when the ball came to him, and he did. So I think Justin Jefferson, he's one of those players that I think if this had been another year, I think he'd probably be up there as maybe the like number one wide receiver in this group. I think in that in that regard, he's I'm not going to say hampered, but he's being shielded from that by your, you know, by your Judies, your Lambs, your Rugs to an extent. I mean, again, he's a player that has been linked ex- extensively with teams like the Eagles and the Packers, and straight away you could see him coming in and having a role on those teams, which would be good in for Dynasty because you're not going to have to park this fellow on the taxi squad for a year. He's going to come in <laughs> and he's going to command meaningful snaps from day one. Absolutely. And that's and that's what you got to get excited about. And when you look at his profile, again, from a few different angles with his yards per team pass attempt, dominator, uh, you know, touchdowns per team pass attempt and a few other market share metrics and things. He actually kind of looks similar to A.J. Brown uh, from just a year ago. He's almost at the exact same percentile in terms of how he scores in that way uh, when you kind of weight things all together. And a lot of people were, you know, Concerned that AJ Brown was more of a slot receiver as well, because frankly he was he was uh, mostly a slot receiver except for the times when DK Metcalf went down and then he would shift outside and was incredibly effective from the outside even more so 
uh, as well. And I, I see that with Justin Jefferson as well. He is mainly a slot receiver, mainly had a bunch of free releases in college. And that's that really can't argue there. He doesn't have a whole lot of experience uh, against press. Uh, but uh, in, as far as his analytical pro- profile, he almost has no questions uh, at all there. He's been the guy for a couple of years at LSU until obviously Jamar Chase had, had a blow up season this year. But he was, even with Jamar Chase, who who figures to be next year's wide receiver one, and Terrace Marshall, who figures to be a top 10 wide receiver next year, around him, he was still able to put up decent market share numbers, had over 30% dominator this past year. And so answered a lot of questions, being surrounded by NFL talent and still, still showing that he can be uh, the best wide receiver, if not the second best wide receiver with NFL talent around him, that that proves to me that I have less questions uh, about a player like him. So even if he is like just a slot wide receiver, I feel like the, the worst case scenario for him is like a like a Sterling Shepard, you know, like in in which case he still gives us some value. But best case, I mean, the, the sky's the limit for somebody like Justin Jefferson in today's NFL, which is running nonstop eleven personnel, three wide receivers on the field almost all day long. So I don't really worry when it comes to Jefferson uh, that much at all. But moving on to the final wide receiver of this episode, this is the fifth. Wide receiver, according to the Rookie Scouting Index, uh, T. Higgins from Clemson. I feel like it couldn't even be an NFL Draft podcast if we didn't mention Clemson, just because uh, they, 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 they seem to give us a lot of NFL talent at the wide receiver position. Uh, we could probably just just name those for the next 15 minutes, and that would wrap up the podcast. But T. Higgins looks like he's legit. Obviously, didn't uh, do everything at the NFL Combine, but... Where are you when it comes to T. Higgins and projecting his NFL success? See, we come to the first player where the impact of the global pandemic, which you know has, you know, if you haven't picked up a paper in a day or two, has somewhat affected the world of, of, of late. Yeah. He's the first one uh, among these prospects <clears throat> who the lack of workouts, the lack of pro days, the lack of visits seems to be hurting because, as you say, he didn't do everything at uh, the combine, and I just wonder whether. T. Higgins is going to emerge as a cautionary tale moving forward about players who decide they're not going to do it at the combine. They'll wait for their pro day because now we've seen that that pro day may not happen. So scouts maybe are going to encourage players. No, you're going to have to do it. Yeah, and even if it does happen, it's like it doesn't really have as much weight as the combine. So exactly. Mm. Uh, As I say, I mean production-wise. He's not, you know, he, 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 he's, he plays for Clemson. You know, it's a powerhouse. He's going to, you know, he's going to put up good numbers, you would hope. I mean, he's, but they're not, not been tremendous. I mean, he's never had more than 59 receptions in a season. Did go up, you know, 17, 59, 59, receiving yards, 300, 936, 11, and scored 25 touchdowns the last two seasons. But he's one of those that I don't think anyone is going to, I don't think anyone's going to draft T. Higgins in the first round. And then if you see his draft pick, you know, his draft pick start to fall on the box score scout, then I just wonder that, I worry that at the moment with the lack of a complete athletic profile, that we're not going to see too many, you know, too many, we're not going to be able to tell ourselves too many fairy tales about players like T Higgins. No, but I, it's it's true. It's it's not like at Clemson, you don't, you kind of automatically assume, oh, well, He's he's that big, lanky, long-armed guy that is really incredible at ball tracking. Like obviously, oh, the the easy comp if you're scouting the helmet is somebody like DeAndre Hopkins. You know, it's like it's or mm. we want to say that he's like even like Sammy Watkins. You know, we, we just automatically just kind of associate those guys with those guys, but that's not necessarily what he is. Like he didn't have no. the same level 
of uh, production and adjusted production profile, did he? I mean, it's, it's, he seems a decent size, you know, for the modern NFL receiver. He's 6'4", 216, decent arm length. Hand size is pretty much where you want it to be. But if you look at his, you know, his closest comps, no, I mean, his closest comp, if you're going to look for, you know, as I say, there's not going to be many, you know, fairy tales about this. His closest comp is Michael Thomas, who, Which, you know, people, you know, the jokes coming out be, of his draft, you know. Uh, <laughs> that it, would be this incredible. Is the, but, you know, looking at this, this you know, it's it's you know he was claimed to be as he came out the draft into the draft the bad Michael Thomas. Well, that that didn't work out too badly. But <laughs> if you look at the next three closest compar- comparisons, they are Laquan Treadwell, Rashard Perriman, and Cody Latimer. So I'm not thinking any NFL team based on, you know is going to be thinking I need to spend a first round draft pick to get the next. Cody Latimer. I don't think they're going to do that, and I don't think dynasty players are going to be thinking. I need to ignore the running backs in this class, and I need to take T. Higgins ridiculously early. No, I don't think so at all. And really, Michael Thomas did come in like uh, if you kind of weight market share numbers, uh, dominator yards per team pass attempt, all those things together, he was like a 60th, 62nd percentile type of player. Kind of again in the same range as like a Justin Jefferson or AJ Brown and you typically want to within this metric when you met when you weight it with draft capital you want to uh, the adjusted production index that is you want to see a player that hits the 60th percentile or better uh, to really to project a, a solid um, NFL career and so Michael Thomas is there because when you look at his angle his, his production profile from every single angle essentially uh, it still meets the minimum thresholds even though his raw production like he never had like an 800 yard season in college even though his raw production didn't look great, his adjusted numbers in terms of the scale of his offense were still fine. Uh, T. Higgins really just never quite hit the thresholds we like to see here at Rotoviz. Obviously, you know, hitting the final season, or I think it was a uh, 29% adjusted dominator is fine, but it's not like it's blowing out of the water like crazy. Uh, and we typically like to see 30%. Now, that's not going to disqualify him at all, but I think that there are just maybe. Maybe a couple questions that a lot of people who've been touting T. Higgins since he was a freshman in college, uh, you know, maybe they're not willing to ask the questions that they need to with him. But I think if he gets the capital, there's still a lot of positive outcomes in place for him. But I think within Superflex leagues, you're probably not going to be reaching for him even inside maybe the late first. Uh, I mean, I think he's somebody that could fall now into the early second in Superflex leagues. And in one QB, he's probably still back in first. Uh, for me, if, is that around the same level you'd find him? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's as you say, I think that people are still going to say, well, he's a Clemson wide receiver, and I think that's going <laughs> yeah. to explain away an awful lot. Oh, yeah. If it was, you know, if it was someone from, I, I don't know, you know, um, William and Mary, you know, apologies to them. If it was <laughs> someone from them, then I, I think, you know, he's not getting drafted, and I certainly, right. we're certainly not wasting any time talking about him on a fantasy show, but he's a Clemson wide receiver. You know, he's he's put up some numbers, He's going to be. He's going to enter into the discussion when people are, you know, around, you know, late in their first rounds of their rookie drafts, and you know, he's probably going to be discussed late in the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah. And you know that that pour on the helmet certainly does help these players. Oh, absolutely. And I think it will with him. I think he's going to get the draft capital. But that's all the time we have for the uh, top five. Again, just running through it. It was Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs. Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins. Again, these aren't our ranks collectively here at Rotoviz, but it, that's just probably it's probably where they're probably going to be drafted. As, as much as we know, we are pulling from uh, several different resources that that project where players are going to be selected. So we just wanted to tackle these first five wide receivers. We'll be talking about the next five and a few more wide receivers as well 
uh, to dive into on uh, the next episode in the Rotoviz draft series here soon. But until next time, I'm Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And uh, thank you, Neil, again, for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at N Dutton. That's N-D-U-T-T-O-N 13 on Twitter. Uh, But until next time, keep living that dynasty life. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Draft Series. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.